Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Kids, are you excited to see what's inside my bag? Steve, you're excited. Heard a couple of no's. It is a Whole Foods bag taken over by Amazon. Amazon's taking over the world. Cash deal. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm happy about that. A- any of you try Amazon Fresh yet? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. A little plug in there for Amazon. They, they need it. They need a lot of help. Well, good morning. As they're pulling up my PowerPoint, what did you leave up here, Pastor Linda? Is there a check up there? No, but if there is, I'm not going to give it back to you if I find it. I don't, I don't see one. You have one somewhere? Oops. Well, kids all leave yet? I think so. I think they left. Well, when we pull up uh, the, the uh, PowerPoint, the title of the message this morning is Permission Granted. How many of you want to go on a field trip today? Want to go on a field trip today? There it is. There it is. Anybody want to go on a field trip today? The rest of you, listen, the rest of you can stay in the library, all right, and you can read, but we're going on a spiritual field trip today. All right. Awesome. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to wake you up. Give me a little time. This is a message that is really geared. We've been saying this for a couple of weeks. And even before I really get into this, I should say this next week. David is coming. David starts next week. It's finally here. I'm like a caged animal. Okay. But I did not overlook this week. You know, in sports, they say like you can, you know, a t- a, a, there's a team on the schedule. You're looking ahead, right? The Yankees are going to be playing the Red Sox, but they have the Mets on their schedule who are terrible and they are terrible this year. And they overlooked them. I'm not overlooking this week. This week is so vital and important to the life of our church and to kids in here, but not just kids. If you're sitting here going, man, I heard this is going to be a message for young people that you're hundred percent wrong. This is a message for everyone. And I'm here this morning to eradicate some of the ideas, the fallacies that some of us walk around believing about Christianity and what people say about us as Christians, what many people in here, especially you young people, what you believe. And let's just pray before we get into the word this morning. Lord, I just ask that eyes would be open. Hearts would be open. Hearts would be changed. Father, my heart's cry for these past few weeks in preparing for this message is that you would be understood for who you really are. Lord, I'm sick and tired of the world misrepresenting who you are. I'm tired of them selling Jesus, selling us, our kids, a false bill of goods as to who Jesus Christ was and who Jesus Christ is today. Lord, I ask that there would be a paradigm shift. I ask that everyone in here would see you for who you really are and the life that you have and the life that you came to bring and the life that you want us all in here to experience. Spirit of the living God, you have been in here. Hover over every person in here. Have your way in this place. Lord, we take your blood over everything, over the doorposts here, over every square inch of this place. Enemy, you must leave in the name of Jesus Christ. 
all oppression, all depression, any issues, any fear and anxiety and worry. We cast you out in the name of Jesus that every single person would hear this message because this is your word for us this morning. Amen. Amen. With me? As I just ripped the button on my shirt. Wow. It must be football season. And here's, here's the crux. Let me just give you, here's my thesis. And sometimes as preachers, we wait a little bit. You have to kind of figure it out. I'm telling you right up front. I'm here this morning to talk about all of the rules and regulations that we think are tethered to and associated with Christianity. We live in a world that's all about rules and regulations, right? For example, you're going to use your frequent flyer airline air miles, right? Whatever the heck they call them. You go online with your credit card. You've accrued a certain amount of points and you go on there and you want to book a flight or you call, right? And you, you get to an agent and what happens? I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't book a flight Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. You can book a flight, but it has to be in leap year. And you can't, you can't sit in a normal seat, but you can sit in the bathroom or you can sit on the wing of the plane. Rules and regulations do apply. Or if your cell phone company, right? You thought you had unlimited texting. You thought you could text anybody, but then you find out you can only text somebody if you're t- in Guatemala and you're texting North Korea. You can text them, but you can't text other people. Rules and regulations do apply. When it comes to Christianity, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But rules and regulations apply. Come on, there's so many rules when it comes to Christianity. There's so many regulations. No wonder why, hey, you younger people, no wonder why. When your friends look at you, you have to go to what on Sunday? You go to church? That sounds so bad. It sounds so boring. It sounds so dull. And some of you may go, yeah, you know what, Pastor James? That's what I think about it, but my parents make me come to church. That's okay. And can I give you like some metaphors and images you want to know? You're dying to know what's inside the Whole Foods bag. I came here with some images that I want to show you pictures of how the world and maybe you, how you look at the gospel. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? That's, that's what I'm talking about. All right, here's the first one. My brother is an attorney, right? Eric, don't get upset, right? John gave me this yesterday, right? A couple of lawyers in the house. I don't want you to cringe. This is a constitutional law book. This weighs about 25 pounds. You could do arm curls with this thing, all right? Now, many people, this is how they look at Christianity, a, such a boring book. And there are so many things that we have to know. What do I have to do to get in heaven? Uh, turn to page 803. You're gonna, when you die one day, listen, there's gonna be a celestial bar exam. And you're gonna have to know certain things. Listen, you better know this book. Sorry, dude. Sorry. I hope your book's okay. All right. By the way, by the way, what, Joanne? Why does my brother, who's, who's going to be 50, the oldest brother, why do you still have that book? You should have burned that book in our football draft yesterday. Why would you still have this thing? But, but, but anyway, that, that's, 
let's, let's, let's keep that safe right there. So, so, so we have the proverbial law book. All right, here's number two. Here's number two. How many of you have bought a, you bought a house before? You bought a house, right? How about all the papers that they make you sign? Do you remember sitting at the closing table? Megan, remember that? You sit down at the closing table and you have an attorney and you sign about a thousand documents. Do you know what you're signing? You, you could be signing something that you're joining ISIS. You wouldn't know. You just keep signing and signing. And then how about this? Mr. Canis is not here. Johnny, you're here today. You would understand this. Maybe you can fill me in after this or other people that would know this. What's the deal with the title insurance person? And they get a couple of thousand dollars to protect the, in, in case the, 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 the sale is challenged at some future date. Young people, if you're looking for a job in the future, be a title insurance person and sit at closings. You just sit there and look important. I don't know. You make a lot of money doing that. But come on, the gospel, right? We sign all this stuff and we just hope one day, right? We sign all this stuff and we just hope one day they'll leave us alone. We make payments. Please, just leave me alone, right? You with me? All right, that's number two. Next to my Fiji water, which is good water because it's higher pH. All right, so that's number two. All right, here's number three. Here's number three. Okay. Oh, the paddle. Oh, the paddle. Did you know? Can I give you a little insight, information? Jerry, you know where I'm going with this? Pastor Joe used to paddle boys in school. Years. We don't paddle kids at Scotty, right? Yeah, this one's just. And I remember at home. Hey, this is true. I'm digressing, but you have to hear this. He was a principal at high school, if you don't know what we're talking about here. At Longwood, right? The principal of Longwood High School is in the back. Don't try to hide. Not allowed to paddle kids. But listen, I remember meeting someone. No joke. I met someone. And the guy said he was a student. And that my dad broke a paddle over his hiney. Told me that. And I was a little afraid. I'm like, is this guy going to come at me right now? Is this guy going to come at me? But listen, how many of us know this is how the gospel has been used? It's been used like a paddle. When we say, God is calling you, we tell people that, right, God is calling you, that's like, sounds like you're being called down to the principal's office. Please come down to Mr. Schuster's office. Please come down. That's not a good thing, but that's what we say to people, right? Come on. Some of you are way too religious right now. <laughs> Seriously, I'm having fun. I don't know about you. I couldn't wait for this. How about this one? Mommy's helper, the child harness. Oh, the child helper, the child helper. Call this, this is to take your crazy child, right? Well, you can't control and keep them on a leash. Now, Megan, what I didn't tell you, but I'm going to tell you now in front of the whole church is, this is really for Megan. The next time we go to Disney World... I'm going to put this on Megan because the girl runs crazy and I can't keep up with her. So, Megan, please slow down a little bit. We'll get to Space Mountain in a few minutes. Take it easy. Take it easy. 
But this is what we've done with the gospel too. We've done this with the gospel. You can only go so far. You can only do this. You can o- Don't go too far. Don't stray too far. Don't try to do it. Follow all the rules. Follow all the regulations. I'm preaching if you don't know it. You just got you to gotta realize that. How about this one? The gospel is like combat. Yeah. The gospel is like combat. We have some lethal weapons in the room. Like, Keith, you're a lethal weapon right over here. You don't want to mess with the Robinsons, Keith and Denise. Vincent, you too. Naeem, your kids. Jamal, your kids. They're all in like karate. You don't want to mess with them. But the gospel is ground and pound. And we beat people down with it. And I think we know there are a lot of preachers, right? Just be, make people tap out. Make them tap out. That's how you evangelize. Okay, okay, okay. I'll accept Jesus. I'll do it. I'll accept. You better. You better. I'm going to hit you again. Right, Gab? You like this? Makes sense. It's true. Here's my last one. Some of you are like, this guy's crazy. Here's my last one. I got to get a picture because I couldn't, I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't show you this one. How about this? You ever go to the, you go to the amusement parks, right? And you have to be so tall to get on this ride. Can I give you another little story? It's a Disney story. The last time we went to this, this is Megan. I love you, girl. This is one of the best Megan Lecce stories you'll ever hear from the pulpit. You remember this story? Jameson, we, 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 we went to the thing for Space Mountain. She wants, she loves Space Mountain. She loves everything about Disney, but she loves Space Mountain, right? Wants to get him on the ride. He's a little too short to get on the ride. Crazy mother. My boy's getting on the ride. Dad is like, hey, whatever. I, I guess it's just not going to happen this year. Maybe the next time we go to Disney, which is always going to be once a year. So next year, we can try to get him on that ride again, right? No, no, no. Mom goes in the bathroom and comes out with a stack of those toilet seat things and stuffs the boy's shoes so that he'd be taller. He, she did, she did. Puts them in the boy's shoes. The line was, it was a two hour wait. He's taller, right? The boy doesn't complain. Jameson's going, he walks in, he passes the first test. She waited for two hours. Then right before they're gonna get on the ride, some guy says, hey, you, I wanna measure you. He just made it. And he gets on the ride. Isn't that awesome? What do we do? How does this relate to the gospel? You know what we do? Listen, listen, this is what we do. We tell people, you have to pray this much to be a Christian. You have to read your Bible X amount of times every single week if you're going to be a good Christian. You see, there are certain requirements and there are certain restrictions and you have to abide by those if you want to be a good Christian. And the problem is, well, using all my metaphors, the problem is that we have been sold a false bill of goods and we have been told all of the things that we can't do as Christians. And I'm sorry to tell you, or maybe you don't know this, but when it comes to the Bible and it comes to God, God is all about first what we are permitted to do. And I don't have a physical one to give you this morning, but I'm giving you one in the spirit. When you walk out of this place today, I'm giving you your permission slip for what God says. Oh, what God says you are allowed to do. 
all of the promises that are in God that are yes and amen. I'm telling you, this book is replete with promises. This book is replete with a permission slip that tells you as a son and a daughter of the king what you can do. But there is an adversary. There is an enemy. And the enemy has been lying ever since the beginning of time. You go all the way back to Genesis, friends. Go all the way back to the beginning of the gospel. Go all the way back to Genesis 3.1. Look at this. Look at the enemy and his tactics. Look at him. In Genesis 3.1, he says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree that is in the garden? What is the enemy doing right here at the beginning of the story? He was cast out of heaven, right? Lucifer was cast out. What he's doing here to the first man and woman in the garden, you have to see this from the beginning. What he's trying to do is he's telling people, you can't trust the heart of God. He's holding out on you. Adam and Eve, don't you see? He's trying to starve you to death. He's keeping you away from all of the fun. This is the no fun zone. And that's what we think today. So many Christians, especially young people, that's what you think. Christianity is the no fun zone. I come in and all of my fun is going to be taken away. Everything is going to be dull. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do all of these things. Man, it's hard to be a Christian. But look at what the enemy, look at, look, go to verses two and three now. Look at two and three. And you, many of you have seen this a lot, but just stay with me. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit, uh, the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Unless I'm crazy. And this is so simple, but for somebody, this delight bulb's going to go off. You ready? Look at what that says. What I see in this passage is, I see that God said there are a heck of a lot more things that you can eat than you can't eat. Did you get that? That's, that's money right there. That's rich. Because that's so simple and you've read it a thousand times, but I've been studying it over and over and over again. I said to myself, oh my gosh, how easy, how simple this is. The serpent is, wait, wait, what, can, you can't, you can eat from what? You can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? He's twisting. Young people. J.R. Tolkien, right? Lord of the Rings. And I've said this, and I say it, and I'll say it till the day I die, because it's one of my favorite quotes. The devil cannot create anything in and of itself. All the enemy can do, listen, all he can do is twist and distort what God has already created. Stop watching Game of Thrones. Lord of the Rings is a thousand times better. I don't care about Jon Snow. Aragorn would beat him in a fight. And if you're under 40, you got that. I'm, I, I don't know. People maybe, I don't, maybe you like the stuff. I don't really get it. But listen, there are certain things. Look, but look, but James, look, there are certain things. That, but why can't we eat from the one tree? Listen, God has laid out certain parameters to protect us. Every thou, listen, you get nothing else. Every thou shall not in the Bible is supposed to lead into a blessing that God has 
for us in our lives. Did you get what I said? Every thou shall not. Don't do this is only leading to a blessing that he wants to pour into our lives. It's for our protection. When you're driving on 495 and there is a guardrail there, the guardrail is there not so you can stare at it and go, wow, the guardrail is really pretty. The guardrail is there so that we can be protected from what's on the other side of the guardrail so we don't get injured if we go over the guardrail. You with me? This is what the gospel is. But we don't really hear that. We don't hear about this. The enemy doesn't want people to see this. Christians, if you're checking this Christian thing out for the first time, the enemy doesn't want you. He wants you to see God as a God of limitations, a God of all that you can't do. When I was a kid, how many of you know, remember the song Bette Midler from a distance? Remember that song? That song freaked me out. God is watching us from a distance. He is watching. Really? God is watching me? Really? Really? God is watching me. If you're, you're like, I don't know that song. But just take the words, the lyrics of what I just told you. That God is like kind of some cosmic stalker. God is watching you. He's hovering over you. And he wants to see all of your lustful thoughts. And he's judging you. Listen, because that's, listen, I'm breaking chains today. Because I know this is how a lot of people think of God. And he's watching you. And, and you were tempted. And you lusted after something. And you treated somebody the wrong way. God is watching you. And there's going to come a day when you die and he's going to put the gloves on and he's going to punch you and he's going to pay you back for every single thing that you did, right? And then what we do is we invite people into this. We say, hey, why don't you come to my church where you can meet this God that's watching us from a distance and he can watch you too. Yeah, yeah, you need this Jesus in your life. Look at your life. Your life is a mess. You need this Jesus. You better make sure you come in because the the gospel is good news after all. Right? And we, we show up like the paddle. Who the heck wants that kind of Christianity? And let me tell you, it's preached everywhere. I'm a pastor's kid. And this is where a lot of stuff, I have so many notes. I just, I'm just going to preach from my heart a little bit. There are things I have to get out. And there's something at the end, if you're a Christian, again, I'm going to give you some meat. I'm going to give you a nugget from a passage that I think you're going to find really cool. But listen to me. I've been a, I'm a pastor's kid, right? Not woo, like what that means, okay? I've seen a lot. I've been around the block. I've been to a lot of different churches. I've been to a Christian high school. I've seen Christian, I've seen it all. And I can't tell you how many times I've been around legalism. How many times I've been around people that just talk about all of the rules, right? Even like some of the Christian colleges. I just met with a couple kids that I taught in Sayville. And I'll get to this probably even more again later. This kid's going to a Christian school and he's talking about like curb rules. Curb rules. Like, boys, you can't go to the girls' like dormitory. You can't go in there. You can't step foot in there. And listen, I get the whole premise of it. I get the whole idea of it. Be tough, right? You want to be holy. You want to keep yourself and whatever. I mean, but there's, I don't know. I'd want to see the dorm in its natural habitat and just kind of like look around a little bit and kind of just see. But you can't do any of that stuff. And like some schools, no, you can't even hold hands with a girl. You can't date. You can't kiss them. You can't listen to Christian music. Da 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 da. All these rules, rules, rules. Keep God in a box. We have gotten a box and we got to follow all these rules if we're going to be Christians. And friends, it's everywhere. It's all over the place. And I looked at this passage too. And you know what? I feel like a lot of times, and this is sad, I feel like a lot of times the church sounds more like the serpent than they do the Savior. 
Boom. Sound more like the serpent. We're telling kids all of the things they can't do. You can't do this. Don't, 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 don't do that. You're not a good Christian if you do those things. Don't we sound a lot more? Doesn't the church in general, can't the church in general sound a lot more like the serpent? Right? These, no, 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 you can't do these things. No, God is holding out on you. Don't go there. Don't try to do it. And this is part of the reason why people don't read their Bibles. You know why? Because you're so afraid. Can we just be open and transparent this morning? Can we just have a little conversation? I love you. Hopefully you love me. Because we're afraid of what the Bible actually tell us to do. Because we think it's going to burden us with rules. Every thou shalt not is not to burden us. It's to bless us and protect us. To bless us and protect us from going off the rails. But we don't read our Bibles because we're so afraid of all the landmines that are in it. I read, boom, you hit this, boom, I hit this, boom, I hit this. And we get hit time and time again. And we feel like, I don't even want to read this thing because I don't want it to interfere with how I'm living my life. And the problem is the serpent is winning because he keeps telling us that's what Christianity is all about. And that's what the Pharisees did. If you don't know what a Pharisee was, a Pharisee was just a teacher of the law. And you know what the Pharisees did? The Old Testament, the the book of Moses, the Torah, five books. You know how many laws were in there? 613 laws. But these teachers of the law before Jesus, during Jesus' time on earth, and then after, you know what they did? They said, we don't have enough laws. We need to add more. 613 laws was not enough. And many of the laws were based around what is known as the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was supposed to be kept holy, right? You know, in creation, God created the world six days and the seventh day he rested. Well, the Jewish people, and even for us, right? The Sabbath is a very, the Shabbat is a very important principle. But the, in the Bible, all it talks about in the Old Testament is you shall not carry any burdens on the Sabbath and you can't make a fire. Outside of that, there weren't any, any real rules or laws. I've said this before too, but it bears repeating. We went to Israel a couple of years ago. And we were on the bus, remember? Everybody remember that time again? We were on the bus. There were some kids on the Sabbath and we were on a bus driving. That's work. We're not supposed to be driving anywhere. These kids took rocks and they're pelting, right? They're, they're pelting the bus. It was one of the coolest parts of the experience to me. I'm like, this is wild. I love this, right? So, and you're throwing the rock. You're breaking the Sabbath. Wanted to yell out the window at them. But that's how important it was. But all these rules and things. Can I give you a couple of... And I've said some of these over the years too. But these are ones I love. So if you're a woman, you have something in your hair, like a hair clip. You could, Honey, you have a hair clip in? Uh, last, same thing. So you could have a hair... Let me just hold it because you're so pretty. Um, it, you, could put a, you could have a hair clip in your hair. But on the Sabbath, you are not allowed to carry a hair clip carry a hair clip. I mean, I could, there's so many of these. You couldn't push a chair because if dust got up in the air, that was considered plowing. So you wanted to move a chair, but that was considered plowing. If there was an insect and you tried to kill the insect and you killed the insect, that was an act of hunting. You're hunting. You're not allowed to do that. You're hunting. It's the Sabbath. Don't kill that fly. Leave that insect alone. It's the Sabbath. You can't do that. Rules, 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 regulations, 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 all about limitation. Now, here's where we get into the best part of the sermon. If you stayed awake for that, you're good. Because here's Jesus. When Jesus comes into the world, 
He's coming in and he's saying, listen, you've been raised and steeped in a tradition or a system that is trying to tell you the way to connect to God is to follow all of these commandments. Be like the Pharisees, be like the scribes, do what they say, do what they want you to do. What does it say in the beginning of John's gospel? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What does Eugene Peterson say? Eugene Peterson says, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that awesome? Do you understand what happened 2,000 years ago and why Jesus chose Palestine? Why he chose that time? He chose that time because God said it was preordained before the foundations of the world. But Jesus understood when he came in. I'm coming into a system. I'm moving into the neighborhood. And now I'm going to set captives free. Where people are shackled, I'm going to break chains. And it's no longer, don't try to be holy. I'm holy. I'm peace. I'm joy. Don't try to follow all these rules. Don't try to follow all these laws. You follow me and I'll make you holy. You follow me and my life, I'll live inside of you. And all the things that you couldn't do, listen, my life now will take over. There's going to be another life that lives inside of you. I moved into the neighborhood and I'm coming to live inside of you. I'm coming to change lives. Listen, the Old Testament law, it's pointing to me. It's pointing to the fact that man can't follow all the laws, that you're only going to break them. There is only one that is perfect. You follow me and I'll change your life. And he joins the neighborhood, right? And he says, I'm not laying any burdens on you. And then here's the passage. Here's where it gets really cool. If you like history, how many of you like history? Not just because I'm a U.S. history teacher too. Not many of your hands went up. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? How many of you kids, you can't wait to go to history class in school this week? Some of you are like, man, why did you say school? Why did you bring that up? Why did you just do me like that? Why did you do that? I did. All right, John 10.10, another very famous verse. This is cool now, all right? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God says, listen, there are things that are out there. I'm going to try to protect you. From things, you're going to want to go run out in the street. I'm protecting you so that you don't get run over. There are certain boundaries. There are certain protections that things that are going to be put in place so that they are going to keep you. They're not to put burdens on top of your lives. We don't need that. You don't need that. But listen, I'm giving you a permission slip. Christ came and said, I'm giving you permission to live your life, to love me. When you love me, you can do whatever you want because another life kind of takes over and the things that you wanted to do you no longer will want to do you don't sit there and it's not willpower you don't just set your will and say i'm going to stop this behavior i'm going to change i'm going to change yeah you set your mind a foundation and you say i'm going to set the foundation up but it's another life that comes in and ultimately changes us that's what the gospel is and so we see that here but listen what is what is everybody always thought the thief is here in the historical context what is who's the thief Who's the thief? Stay away. Come on. I know it's Labor Day weekend. Satan, right? Satan. Is that, a, is that an accurate uh, uh, rendering of this text? Is that, is that right? As we extrapolate? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Satan, okay? But really, you'd be wrong. It's right. We say this all the time. Can I take you backwards? Can I take you backwards now? Look at this. Go back to 7 and 8. Look what he says. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. 
All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. What is he saying in this passage? He's talking about, when he's talking about the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, he's really talking about the Pharisees. He's talking about the religious system. Yes, we use it and I use it from the pulpit in talking about the enemy. But understand, historically, he's really talking about the religious leaders of the law that are trying to burden all of the people. You better follow all of these rules. And he's saying the religious system. Can you understand when these red letters hit the, hit the, the, the earth? When they came out of his mouth and everybody shuddered because they all knew what he was talking about. Wait a second. Are you kidding me? You're talking about the religious system that has been set up for over a thousand years. You're talking about something that has been in place. We follow the rules. We do what the Pharisees do. We want to be good people, good Jewish people. This is what we do. And he says, no, 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 no. You have it all wrong. I came to jailbreak the gospel. Jailbreak the gospel. What the heck is he talking about? Where's my phone? I didn't know if I was going to do this, but I'm going to do it. So Jameson is on the iPad not too long ago. And he is listening to a tutorial, right? How many of you parents know the kids, they listen to like tutorials about games and and whatever. And then the guy, whoever the guy is, my ears perked up, talked about jailbreaking an iPhone. You guys are like, is he really talking about this in church? This is the weirdest sermon I've ever heard. He's talking about jail. Is he going to teach me how to jailbreak an iPhone? Now, the iPhone, when it comes in the box... Right when the iPhone don't start text don't start texting me right now about this because I can feel it somebody's going to send me a crazy text but the iPhone when it comes in the box there are certain limitations on it right but if you know what you're doing according to the tutorial that I just kept watching myself there are certain things you can do and in about thirty minutes things are, phones blowing up things on the iPhone that you could not do because you didn't know how to do it, but they're actually part of the phone. And if you know what you're doing, you can open it up and you can break the phone free. In case you don't realize what I'm saying, when Jesus came into the world, right? He jailbroke the gospel and he said, listen, I'm breaking chains. I'm setting captives free. You think you knew God this way? This is how the gospel was? I'm jailbreaking it. You thought you were going to put me in a box? Oh, I'm sorry gospel. I'm just getting warmed up. That's right. So the religious figures, look at this. Look, look, isn't it kind of weird too when he says there, uh, that he says, I am the gate for the sheep. He could be living uh, bread of life, living water. You're the gate for the sheep. It's kind of like, whatever. You're the gate for the sheep. What is he saying here? Can I give you more history, a little more history? I promise just a little bit more. What he's really getting to here, what's wild for this, these religious leaders, he's saying they were the gatekeepers, right? No, no, no. Did you follow all the rules? You broke the Sabbath. You don't get to come in the gate. I'm sorry. You don't get to come in. Right? That's what he's basically saying here. All of you religious figures, you thought you were the gatekeepers. But understand, when I come on the scene, when I came on the scene, I am the gate. And the gatekeeper is subject to the authority of the one that is the actual gate. So he says, listen, you look cute and all, but it's time for you to step out of the way because I am the gate. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. 
And in the ancient Near East, look at this, ready? In the ancient Near East, did you know when shepherds were taking their sheep at the end of the day and they were corralling them and they had a fenced-in area, whatever, the, wherever they would put them, they would take every sheep and they would inspect them. This one needs a little bandage here. This one got cut. Sheep are, they're a mess, right? They are absolute disasters, animals, right? And now my little one, my little one, Nolan, he walks around with a little sheep at home and it just, what does it do? Ba, ba. It's just like, you know, we can hear when he's up in the morning in his crib. He's, ba, ba, this little sheep. Kisses it all day, makes us kiss. He's got germs all over it. And that's tough for me. Anyway, so here, here is the shepherd, right? So you have all the little sheep and they're coming in. Get this. At the end, after all the sheep are in and all the sheep are fixed, they're, they're taken care of, the shepherd would lay down, real history, the shepherd would lay down and sleep right at the gate. Are you with me? I'm not going to finish preaching here. It's very uncomfortable. But the next verse, look at this. Look in John now. Go to John 11. Look what he says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Oh, are you kidding me? He's saying, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for everyone. You can come in. There are no longer limitations. You can come in. How come you're not clapping for that? You're going to clap at any point in the sermon. This is the point at which you should clap. Wow. He says, I am. And listen, do you understand when Jesus came, God, does, God didn't change? The way we approach God changed. No, you didn't get Let me say it again. When Jesus Christ came, God did not change. The way we approach God changed. I am the gate of life. You come in and everyone is welcome. Young people, everyone is welcome. You want real life? It's right here. He says, you don't have to follow rules. He says, I'm going to lay down my life. Adam, who couldn't eat, he, he, he wasn't qualified to touch the tree of life in the garden. Jesus says, I'm going to lay down my life and I'm going to die on a tree. And the curse of humanity is going to be taken on that tree forever. That's the gospel. And friends, listen, if this was preached everywhere, you couldn't stop people from coming into the church. It's the truth. If this was about being set free and who Jesus is and how he wants to give us liberty and life, we would not be able to keep people in. And I want to ask you, who is at the gate in your mind? A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite Tozer quotes. What comes to your mind when you think of God is the most important thing about you. What comes to your mind when you think about God? Who is God? Is he this religious, you know, got to follow all the rules? Or is it about freedom? Is it about your permission slip? Is it about all the things that we can do? All of the freedom and liberty that we can experience. How many of you are familiar with the movie, The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. How many of you really like that movie? Okay. It is. I know some of you are going, really? It's, it's rated R. Pastor, are you promoting a movie from the pulpit? It's one of the greatest. What do you want me to talk about? Some of those cheesy Christian movies? They're not in my top 10. Some of those cheesy movies that I'm like embarrassed that they've actually made and they probably do more harm. I'm just, I'm giving it like, I'm real today and they do more harm, I think, for the gospel. People laugh. And go, oh, that's okay. That's Christianity. Some of them are great. Don't get me wrong. Listen, their heart's in the right place. 
But you know what I mean? I'm not promoting go watch rated R movies. I'm just saying this movie's amazing. But there's an amazing scene. If you go to a scene from the movie, and I gotta give you the TBS version. I couldn't play this, so I'm gonna give you the TBS version. I realize again. Uh, Red, you know, uh, what's his name? Morgan Freeman, his character, his name is Red. He's been in prison for 40 years. He's sitting before the parole board, right? He goes in time and time again every 10 years. And he goes in like, are you rehabilitated? He's like, absolutely, I'm rehabilitated. And And he goes on and on. And like they stamp, you see them stamp the thing, rejected, rejected, rejected. So he's been in for 40 years, right? He's denied parole. He comes to the point, he doesn't care anymore. And the parole officer asks him, have you been rehabilitated? Should I try to give you my Morgan Freeman voice? Yeah. I, I don't have a, a good Morgan Freeman voice, but I'm going to try to give it to you this morning. Do you feel you've been rehabilitated? Not a day goes by. I don't feel regret. Not because I'm in here or because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then. A young, stupid kid who committed that terrible crime. I want to talk to him. I want to try and talk some sense to him. Tell him the way things are. But I can't. That kid's long gone. And this old man is all that's left. I got to live with that. Rehabilitated? It's just a baloney word. TBS version. (laughs) So you go on, Sonny. Stamp your forms and stop wasting my time. And what happens in the movie? He actually gets parole and he gets out. But here's the scene I want to, here's the, here's the even better scene leading to that. He gets out and he's working, he's bagging groceries in a store and he has to go use the bathroom and he goes up to the manager of the store and he says, boss, bathroom break, boss. And the guy says, come here. You don't have to ask me every time you have to go to the bathroom. TBS version, just go. And he says, this, he says these poignant words. 40 years I've been asking without say-so. All I do anymore is think of ways to break my parole. So maybe they'd send me back. Terrible thing to live in fear. Knew it all too well. All I want is to be back where things make sense. I read that to you today. When you've been in prison for so long... When you get out and you actually taste freedom, you want to go back. And what's wild to me, before we come to Christ, we're slaves to sin. And the enemy is a very strict taskmaster. But when we come to Christ, please hear me, please hear me. When we come to Christ, what happens many times is we expect God to treat us the same way that sin and shame have treated us. We expect God to treat us the same way that the enemy has treated us for so very long. Am I preaching? So long. And we expect that and we carry that. And that's why we live in bondage. That's why we're not free because we're expecting something from God. And God says, that's not who I am. Jesus says, that's not the life I came to bring you came to give us freedom in case you haven't heard me every thou shall not in the bible is so he can pour a blessing out in our lives parameters boundaries right protect us can i can i get can i get can i bring really bring it something i've never talked about in the church before you don't know are you scared are you ready for this i have to 
I have to, because if I don't talk about it, who's going to talk about it? You know what we say, young people? Listen to me. We, we, we tell people, don't have sex because it's filthy, it's gross, right? And you're going to get, you're going to get some disease. Save it for your husband. <laughs> Save it for your wife. I'm being, listen, I'm keeping it real. I'm being honest. Somebody has to talk about it from the pulpit. And then we, we tell, we tell kids that that's what I hear Christians all the time. I met with this couple. I met with this couple two weeks ago, right? You're like, Hey, I don't care if you're uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable. I met with a couple two weeks ago and this couple kids I taught in Savile and they, she had the purity ring on and they were, they were choosing to go down that road. And I said, you know what? So many young people, if I don't, again, if I don't say it, who's going to say it to you? The goal is not, that's what you heard about who God is. That's what you heard. God says, that's who you think I am. That's why I'm telling you not to have sex. No, God is saying you should wait until you're married to have sex because he wants to put purity into your life and he wants to keep you whole. And as somebody that's been around, I see so many broken people. I see two halves. And just because two broken halves come together, it doesn't mean they make a whole one. The two don't always become one when you're broken. And I see people that have done things and I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but all I'm telling you is God lays out parameters. He lays out boundaries. He lays out guardrails because he wants to protect us. And I said to those two kids, I said, you go. I said, it's not going to be easy. Most people don't live that way, but you do it and God will bless you. Thou shalt not. So I can bless you and do something in your life. So when you are married, you experience something that the world doesn't understand. That the world says, I've had people listen to me. I had people when they found out about my life. Are you crazy? That's how you chose to live your life. Yeah, that's how I chose to live my life. And I don't have any regrets and I'm far from perfect and I sin just like anybody else but let me tell you something God's way is the best way and God's word is a permission slip we have to talk about stuff like that we have to talk about stuff like that in the church we're not just telling you don't do this God is saying I want to give you something that's so precious that is so good it's for your benefit please take this gift I'm not trying to hold out on you. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the evil one. He's the one that insinuates. He's the one that comes in and says, God's holding out on you. God, if you really knew what God was keeping from you, please, can we stop believing the lies of the enemy? Everything, the life you always wanted is wrapped up in Christ Jesus. And here it is. I'm going to stop with this. Here's the last passage. 2 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20. Paul speaking says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, by Paul and Silas and Timothy and Lecce, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I could do a whole series on this. I packed a lot in one message. But this, my friends, I'm sorry, Joel Osteen can talk about it however he wants. For us, this is our permission slip. This is our permission slip of all the things, young people, that you can do. And the world says, what do you mean? You become a Christian? You can't drink? You can't smoke? You can't do this? How come we start from all the things that you can't do and we don't talk about all the things that we can do? All the things God says, look, I want to give you real life. And there's all these promises in here. You can do all these things. No, it's a battle. It's a constant battle. 
And it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. But I hope you realize what's at stake. And as John, you can just start playing. And we didn't really, we, we just wanted to be led by, by the Spirit in how we ended this meeting. But I think this is what we want to do. If you're a young person here, we're praying for every kid that's going back to school. Remember I sent to you last week, you're sent. God is sending you to school this coming week. You're not just going to school like Joseph last week. He was sent. You're being sent to go to school to make a difference. You are to be countercultural. You are different. But listen, don't let anybody tell you Christianity is dull. Christianity is boring. It is not. It's the only thing in this world that I can glut myself on and never, ever be satisfied. All of the sin that is out there, everything the world has to offer us, and some things for a short time can give us pleasure, they do. It's temporary. It's temporary. When you come to a real relationship with this Jesus Christ... Your life is changed forever and ever and ever. And you get all this permission to do things. I love my life. I've never been closer to God. I'm 44 years old. I love God. I just want more of God. And my heart's cry for you young people is that you would want more of God. That all of you, you'd want to come to know him for who he really is and how good he is. I'm so sick of him being represented. It's all, it just gets old. He has everything we need. So if that's you, listen, maybe you don't know this Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't, you know what? This is a different kind of Jesus that I heard. It's a different kind of God that I heard about. He came in, he moved into the neighborhood to bring freedom and to give life. It's about your permission slip and what you're allowed to do as a Christ follower. Stop walking around. Stop listening to your friends who are telling you, man, that stinks. I can't believe you have to go to church. I can't believe you have to go to youth group. I can't believe you have to do that. That's not who God is. Everything starts with a yes. Yes. So if you're somebody, first of all, that you heard this message this morning and something resonates with you and you're a young person, we want you to just come up. John's just playing. We want to pray for you. And then a couple of minutes, we're going to pray for every kid in here as you go back to school. But if, or you want to rekindle something, you know God, but you say, you know what? I'm, before I walk into that school, wherever school you're at, I want to do business with God today before I walk in. I don't know if you're going to college. It's not just high school. It's not just younger kids. If you want to do business with God, because that's the picture you had of God, and you've been running from God because you thought it was all about the rules, and you thought it was all about regulations, and you thought it was all about legalism, you come up here today. We don't do this a lot. We hardly ever do this. But this is a sacred time. This is a sacred hour. This is a Kairos divine moment for you and God to do business. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a messenger. God just gave me the message to bring. And that I get out of the way now. You do business with God. Lord, I just ask that people would not be embarrassed. Lord, I come against shame. I come against guilt. Father, I ask that hearts would be open. Lord, this is the moment. I, I thank you, Lord, that you're looking down from heaven, Father. But you're smiling at, at us. You're smiling at every young person in this room here today. You don't have a scowl on your face. You don't have your finger up pointing why did you do that why did you say that why did you no you are a loving god help us to see how good you are help everyone see how misrepresented you can 
Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.